silence. Mic check one, two, one, two. Boo boo. May I have your attention, please? Clear the floor because our forever queen of morning radio, the one who says it like it is and doesn't give a shit, the motherfucking real deal, Miss Kicking the Door, Waving the 404, now has a podcast and it is on fire. Make way for the one, the only, Miss Nah. Welcome to another episode of On Fire. Yep, you know you love it. <laughs> All right, y'all. So, uh, first things first, uh, the most amazing month of the year has come to an end. So, just got to shout out all my amazing July borns. And there's so many of them. Okay, I can guarantee that you know some fantastic July borns. Wizkid, Sakodier, Burner Boy, <laughs> me. <laughs> like, we could go on and on. But a lot of fantastic people were born in the month of July. And uh just got to shout them out. DJ Killfingers. Uh, what's up, homie? Uh, let me see who else I got. Little Kim was one. Or Little Kim is uh, a July born. Let me see. On the GH side of things, who am I missing? We have Ayat. We have Magnum. We have Cyril. We also have one half of the fucking boys, Mensa. Yep, he's on there as well. Got Prodigal and Zeal of VIP. Well, VVIP. Uh, let me see who else we got. We have Meister from um, uh, Brand Meister. What's up, Kafui? Uh, he was one of the big brains that helped Mr. Easy get to where he's at in life. Uh, also got to say Mr. Easy, also July born. Um, let me see who else. Bujbanton, Mandela. Charlie, <laughs> fire, fire, fire. And of course, uh, to round it all off, what better way to end this fantastic month than Beyonce giving you Black is King? We're like two amazing African directors. Shout outs to Blitz, uh, the ambassador, and of course, Emmanuel A.G. The other two directors, not sure where they come from, but I know they're going to be giving us fire. Yes, because Black is King, all right? <laughs> I'm not even going to talk too much today because the podcast comes out on the 31st and so does Black is King. I know y'all got things to do, okay? Me, myself, my entire family, we're going to have a watch party with snacks and drinks and I will have a full notepad full of scribbles and notes and highlighted bits because official Kwame and I have already spoken and we have agreed that we are going to do a very special episode <laughs> of Black is King Review. Yeah, we will. We, it's, it's coming. I don't know when, but it's coming soon. All right. So, uh, yeah, shout out to all the July borns. Let's get down to business. Woo! Yes, let's get it on. Let's start where the tea is piping hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kanye, 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 Kanye. Everybody saw the tweets. Myself, when I saw them, I did the first thing that any normal person would do when they know how Kanye West operates. I screen grabbed all of the motherfuckers. I said, oh, no, he is not going to post and delete. And we're going to be like, what? What did he say? I screen grabbed all of them joints and I read them over and over and over again. And it is clear that this man is sick. It's clear. It really is. And then we saw the footage where 
He was campaigning like he really had any hopes of running for president in 2020. We all saw that breakdown. It is clear the man is unwell. It really is. Do you know who my heart really bleeds for? Y'all Kanye fans. Like, I'm a Kanye fan too, but I think I accepted it long ago that his mother's passing broke him in ways that we cannot imagine. But I feel so very hurt and so very sad for a lot of you diehard fans who will never have the old Kanye. You see what I'm saying? Uh, shout outs to Pa Debra, former manager or, you know, still the manager of Papi Kojo, but they're like besties. Pa Debra is also, I mean, our Debra's brother. But like, Pa Debra, when I first met him, back, back, back in the days, like, I have never seen anybody go so hard for Kanye. And I swear to God, when I was watching that footage, all I was thinking in my mind was, oh, Pa Debra. Pa Debra will cry. Like, he's going to be so crushed. So my heart goes out to y'all Kanye fans because I know y'all been rooting and praying for him. But now you can change your prayer and pray for his healing because that that man is going through it. And I feel really bad that people were dragging Kim Kardashian and her family. And a lot of people were like, oh, she don't love him. She don't love him. Do you think Kanye West listens to anybody? <laughs> Do you think he listens to anybody? And when you look at Kim, she's not exactly the most assertive, you know, aggressive person. Do you see her being able to tell Kanye to behave himself, sit down, take his medication? Do you see her being able to do that? No, no. Which is why she be up there uh, just taking the nude pictures. That's the only thing she can do is take them pictures and break the internet. And now she's getting folks out of prison. Like, there's very little that she can control about Kanye. So when he tweeted that my wife wants to divorce me, I believed him. Because look, if you're looking for something to make you fall out of love with a motherfucker, them going crazy will surely do it for you. It will surely do it for you. Look at, look at how we felt watching Kanye just like break down and we were like oh, oh my god imagine how she feels that's the nigga that be on top of her you think she want to look at that face and be like mm. no she don't want to fuck that nigga she don't want to fuck him no more. She's not in love with him no more. She's just holding it down because of those kids. Because after a while, it's just like, eh, eh. No, I can't. So look, I, I look, I, I don't, I don't cuss her out. I don't judge her for you know not doing enough because I just don't think there's anything she can do. And I'm so glad that she wrote a letter addressing it you know that her hands are basically tied so that you people will get off her back and stop dragging her but like that's why her womb closed up that's why she couldn't have no more kids because that nigga just dried up her entire coochie with that craziness that she was seeing each and every day yep Mm-mm. well nothing make you want to stop fucking a nigga than them going crazy <laughs> and trying to drag your hero because I don't give a fuck what Kanye says. Look here, Kim Kardashian obviously thinks Harriet Tubman 
was the shit, okay? Talking about Harriet Tubman did not free the slaves. She just sent them to work for uh, some other white people. Well, Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just had the slaves go work for other white people. Nigga! Why the fuck Nigga! you lying? <laughs> Why you lying? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have goosebumps. I have chills. Do you know what kind of insanity has to be in your mind for you as a black person living in America? Knowing the little history that we know that is taught in our schools to be able to open your mouth and say that shit. If y'all have not watched the movie Harriet, please go watch it. I'm not even going to tell you to read no books. We don't have that kind of attention span these days now, do we? Go watch the movie Harriet and you'll know who Harriet Tubman is. She was a gangster, badass bitch. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. Harriet Tubman, matter of fact, is the only uh, black woman. They wanted to put on a $20 bill. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There's no black folk on American currency. Okay, we might get the postage stamps and all of that. But like, seriously, they were talking about for a time putting Harriet Tubman on the money. So she is not someone that is taken lightly at all. And for Kanye to open up his mouth and say that, I'm sure even Kim was like, oh, Kim over here trying to get the, the niggas out of prison. <laughs> She's trying to free some black people. And you going to sit there and say, Harriet didn't do anything? She said, nope. Pussy on lockdown. I'm done with this nigga. That's what she said. But you know what I would like to see? I would like to see Jay-Z reach out to Kanye. I really would. Just because I feel like at this point, everybody who might have been um, slighted or offended or who has a personal beef with Kanye, when you see what he and his family are going through, you'll know that, Charlie. Whatever he did, like, it wasn't him and i know some people some people on the internet was saying it's not fair that kanye gets to do the shit that he does and then we say you know it's mental illness kanye seems very aware of what he's doing you see but that's the thing though the mental Ill illness comes from being aware of what you're doing but not having the mental capacity to properly assess the outcome and then decide not to do it you see what I'm saying? It's almost like your brain is not operating. His, his brain is not operating as like a fully grown man. He's operating like a child. That's mental illness. So yes, he might be aware that he's going up on stage and saying, hey, Taylor Swift, I'm going to let you finish later. But Beyonce had the better video. He might be aware of him going up there and saying that. But his mind is not processing. Hey, this is not correct behavior. You're embarrassing this woman. Stop. Sit down. Shut up. Like he can't figure out how to edit himself. So like he's socially just off. Socially, I won't even say awkward. That's an understatement. He's socially off. You see what I'm saying? Him standing there and, and saying uh, many years ago when Bush was in power, it was uh, a fundraiser on TV and he was standing there. He just blurted out, George Bush hates black people. You know what I'm saying? At that point in time, we were like, yeah, Kanye's speaking for us. Kanye's speaking for us. But now can we realize that he has these bursts of like verbal diarrhea where he might think that he's saying something good <laughs> but the timing is wrong or the delivery is wrong or something's off so i really just wish that jay-z 
would reach out to him because I feel like if there was any friendship that meant the world to him, it was what he had with Jay-Z because he idolized the man before he even came to Rockefeller and started giving him beats and then worked his way up to, to rapping on tracks. He idolized Jay-Z. I feel like there might be some type of healing that could come from even having that friendship restored where, you know, he'll say, okay, I, I understand you didn't fuck with me because of this, that, 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 that. Let me go get some help so that, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I'm just wish I'm just wishful thinking is if that's what you want to call it, you know, because it's a shame. Nobody wants to see Kanye finish his story like this. Nobody wants to see Kanye die like this, being mentally unstable and embarrassing himself and his amazing musical legacy this way. So it it would be so dope. But shout outs to uh, the celebrities that came out and did show love. Dave Chappelle went out to check on him. Justin Bieber and his wife. Uh, Dame Dash and his dog. I don't know why Dame Dash carries that fucking dog everywhere. <laughs> I really don't. Now, I do know that Dame Dash is dealing with... I think he has diabetes, right? And... Maybe that dog is some type of emotional support dog because he's also one who might have some mental issues because he's crazy too. That's why Jay-Z don't fuck with neither of them. But mm, it was it was good to see, you know, at least some people physically go out of their way to be there for Kanye. So prayers up. Now, you know, if we've talked about Kanye's mess, we got to talk about Jada Pinkett and August Alcina. Is it any surprise that August Alsina decided to act like a further bitch and put out some disrespectful music? I said it last episode, you got to be careful who you fucks with. You got to be careful who you let into your circle because not everybody's on the same level. Look, I, I honestly feel that Jada Pinkett handled that red table talk as best as she could. She didn't drag herself. She didn't drag August. She came out there. She explained it. And had he left it alone, everybody would have walked away like, okay, they did what they did. That should have been it. That should have been it. But because she was fucking with a petty nigga, a nigga not on her level, right? Or not on her husband's level, because I, I think we established last episode that you know, Jada not on that level either. But had she been fucking with somebody who had as much to lose as Will Smith and herself did, he would have let the red table talk be the end of it. But no, he said, I'm going to make a disrespectful song and I'm going to bring fat ass Rick Ross in there. <laughs> Why you mad, son? Why you mad? If somebody doesn't want to sleep with you anymore, please keep it moving. Hands up anybody who's feeling really bad for Megan Thee Stallion. She got shot in the foot by a nigga who was like four foot three. Like, hmm? Really? 
Okay, now, of course, nobody knows the story because I believe that Megan is going to try and keep this under wraps like Jay-Z and Beyonce did the elevator fiasco. She is going to try and keep as much of this, uh, as much of the details under wraps as possible. And are you surprised? She's from Texas, like Beyonce, from Houston, Texas. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, I honestly believe that Megan is too thorough too like street bread, too like um, hardcore, you know, no snitching, that she's just not going to give up Tory Lanez. I feel like all the suggestions that people are putting out there, like, oh, he probably shot her because of this. Oh, he probably shot her because of that. I feel like people are on the money. But she's just not going to say anything because she's like, you know what? He fucked up. Yes, he did. But I am not going to be a participant in the destruction of a successful black man. And that's a shame that you can't even hold niggas accountable because the black race is just so oppressed that you be trying to make niggas winners even when they don't deserve to be. We were doing it with R. Kelly. We were holding on to the last bit of hope. You see what I'm saying? Okay, well, I wasn't, but a lot of y'all were, right? And we were just like, oh no. Oh, no, he ain't pee on them. But see what I mean? He just didn't deserve it because he just kept going and being stupid. So I really, really feel bad for Megan because I'm sure there's a lot of healing that needs to be had. But how can you really heal if you're not going to vocalize the truth? And for those of you that doubt just how gangster and ghetto Houston, Texas can be, please tell me, please tell me you saw the article. <laughs> there's an article circulating that because of COVID-19 uh, strip, there is a strip club in Houston, Texas that has decided to keep the strippers outside and it's like a drive-thru you can drive through and there will be girls lined up on the side of the building there's a little fence there and everything and they got masks on and they pop, 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 pop they just making that shit clap out there and you can drive by and throw your money on them or you can, you know, stop the car and have a good little look yes there is a strip club in houston texas that says fuck corona we got dollars to make <laughs> oh, texas <laughs> but seriously though it was embarrassing seeing our celebrities like that tory lane's lying on the floor no shirt on short as hell megan hopping out or, uh, you know, blood leaking out one foot. Cops like, lay down on the floor. Like, nobody wants to see our celebrities like that. So I hope that Megan gets the help she needs. And Tory Lanez definitely needs some help. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the help needs to come in the form of those same high heel boots that Prince used to wear back in the day because he was short too. Because clearly... Tory Lanez is dealing with some type of Napoleon complex because y'all know he is like four foot three, but he talked like he's seven feet tall. Some other celebrities in crisis, uh, Tamar Braxton. For those of you who used to watch The Real back in the day, you'll know that she was the Lydia's uh, cast member up on that daytime talk show. But it seems like, hmm, I don't know what's going on because she always comes across as a very strong person. And so, you know, I guess that's why everybody, everybody's seen the meme circulating that says check on your strong friends because you never know they might be going through it too. But like she's an incredibly strong, 
outspoken, opinionated, no-nonsense type of woman. So to hear that she took some pills in what seemed to be a suicide attempt is really heartbreaking. And I don't know if y'all heard it or not, but there is audio of her boyfriend's 911 call to the police. And it's just so heartbreaking to hear him crying. Well, she needs she needs some help, sir. You guys, you guys, you guys should uh, look for some help for her. She was lying there unresponsive. So prayers up for Tamar because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that whatever people normally go through in life, COVID makes it worse. For sure. COVID makes it worse, right? Now, uh, this one, this next, <laughs> this next celebrity, I, I highly doubt that COVID had anything to do with it. I just think that he had a Kanye moment where he was doing a little too much and forgot that he was a black man living in America. Nick Cannon, who I adore as the brains behind um, Wildin' Out. I love him on The Masked Singer. Uh, I, I really haven't listened to his radio show, but I've seen clips and he's doing well. And then he decided that he was going to have a conversation with Professor Griff. And Professor Griff is one of the members of Public Enemy. And if you know anything about Public Enemy, the hip-hop group from back in the day, then you know that Public Enemy goes hard when it comes to Black power. What it looks like to me is that Nick Cannon is... Feeling all the love from the masked singer, from Wildin' Out, from his radio show, and got kind of got carried away and felt he could say anything. I think it was also um, heightened by the fact that didn't he finish off the Nipsey Hussle documentary on Dr. Sebi? Yes. So he's feeling very pro-black, black power. We will not be ignored. Okay. And he got up on his radio show. He said some things that you only say at the black barbecue when you with your peoples. Thankfully, Diddy has come to the rescue with his Revolt TV. And he's like, look, you have a home here. And I, I know that if he joins forces with Diddy, it will be phenomenal. But it's still, you know, just a stain on his record that I'm sure he didn't want. Because he's very much... A goody two shoes, cookie cutter, clean type of black celebrity. The only thing he had on his list of shame was he and Mariah Carey got divorced. But otherwise, Nick Cannon has been squeaky clean, and now he has this where you know he's uh, being accused of being anti-Semitic and calling white people savages and yeah 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 stuff that you know. It's probably okay <laughs> when you're eating ribs and you're sitting down with, you know, Jamal and them. But you don't say that on that kind of platform and think that there'll be no repercussions in this good old racist USA. So we'll see what becomes of him. But whatever it is, I'm still supporting. I fucks with Nick Cannon. Yes, I do. So while all of this is going on, there's a silver lining. <laughs>
Chris Brown has stayed the fuck out of trouble. <laughs> Did y'all see Chris Brown? He was like, what, 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 what the fuck is going on? Can somebody please tell me what the fuck is going on? I don't know. I'm reading headlines after headlines. Uh, what the fuck? That's really what the fuck I want to know. What the fuck is going on? Like, finally, finally, <laughs> everybody's going through it, getting dragged left to right. And Chris Brown is coming up smelling like roses. You gotta love it. And I'm so happy for him because I like when he stays out of trouble. Because I love me some Chris Brown. But every time he does something stupid or acts crazy, I'm like, bruh, remember Rihanna? You're still making up for that. You're going to have to make up for that for the rest of your life. Like, <laughs> you put your hands on our favorite. Like, <laughs> oh, Chris Breezy. Yep. But he talked about verses, which is one of my favorite things during uh, this whole COVID crisis, uh, where he was like, look, y'all putting my name up there for versus battles, but can't nobody battle me. Can't nobody battle me. He said, if I were to battle, it would have to be Chris Brown versus Chris Breezy. And I said, oh, talk that talk, player. Talk that talk. Because you know he's not lying, though. <laughs> like, for real. Because even if he were to battle Usher, which is what a lot of people are saying, Usher will hold his own. Definitely. Okay? No disrespect to Usher. Usher is phenomenal. He has hits as well. But there's something... There's something that Chris Brown brings to the table. There's a little extra oomph that he gives that just makes you, eh, 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 eh. he would win. There's no two ways about it. He would win. Okay. And let's just, let's just keep it real. The Snoop Dogg and DMX versus, didn't it make you feel good? Yes! Yes! Didn't it make you feel good? Like, aside from the fact that the lyrics were disgusting as hell when it came to women, but didn't it make you feel good? Who would have thought that that many bend down bitches and fucks and shits and gunshots and would make you feel that damn good? Who, 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 who would have thunk it? Nobody. Okay? Because I've always loved Snoop, as has uh, the entire world. Snoop is loved because he's just always that that guy, you know, always happy, always super chill, always making people feel good around him. Like, he's just that guy, right? He's Unc. He's Uncle Snoop. And then you got DMX, who we all used to love. We saw him go through it. And now to see him bounce back, doing well, looking healthy, looking very healthy. That stomach was out of control, wasn't it? <laughs> but looking very healthy, you know, sober, clean, no drugs, no alcohol. He sat there the whole night doing his little chair dancing and smiling and cracking jokes and drinking Kool-Aid. He said, I don't care if it's sponsored by Ciroc. I don't care if you got Duce on deck and Hennessy uh, behind the console. Like, I don't care. I'm drinking my Kool-Aid. Okay? Alcohol-free. Clean living. Like, I love to see it. I really, really did. And tell me, tell me how much you loved Uncle Snoop's Crimp Walk. <laughs> it's so old. But you, oh man. Yeah, I, for real, for real. It was this versus with Snoop and DMX 
and then the Jill Scott and Erica Badu. Those are my two feel-good versus battles. And I just loved it. But speaking of versus battles, who would you want to see? Like, who's your dream team? For me, uh, my dream battle would be Mary J. Blige versus someone. I, I, I would have to say Lauren Hill, but we all know that Lauren's not going to do it. Because initially, it was Erica Badu and Lauren Hill. And I think either Lauren didn't want to do it or she wanted money. Or something like that. But it didn't happen. So then they put Jill there. And it was a very, very uplifting, warm and loving versus battle that was soothing and healing to the entire world. I swear it was. But um, aside from Lauren, who can battle Mary J. Blige? Like nobody, right? And I was in this chat group and I was talking about it. And then somebody said Mariah fucking Carey. I said, yeah, that would be a good battle. Mariah Carey against Mary J. Blige. Mary would still win, though, but Mariah would definitely hold her own because Mariah got the hits. Mariah got the features, too, with the locks, with Diddy, with Old Dirty Bastard. Like, Mariah is not being at all, at all, but it would be super dope to see that. Let me see who who would battle. Ooh, wouldn't you love to see Outkast in a versus battle? I would just love to see the two of them. I, I wouldn't want to see them go against each other. I would want to see Outkast as a group go against another group, but I don't know who. I really don't. Um, let me see who else. Drake. I would love to see Drake in a versus battle, but like, who would he go against? If not, Jay-Z. Like, you can't even say 50. You can't say 50 cent, no. It's gotta be, gotta, gotta say Jay-Z, right? No? Not Jay-Z? Because I'm, I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, their status. You know, Drake is like the king of hip-hop. He's been reigning for years. Like, you can't touch him, you can't shake him. Like, others come and do that thing, but Drake just holds that position. You see what I'm saying? And we know Jay-Z is like, yeah, the man. But to be honest with you, I feel like if Jay-Z were to do a versus battle, he would be an asshole and say, I'm only going to battle Beyonce. And I feel like if somebody asked her to do a battle, she was like, I'm only going to, she would say, I'm only going to battle Jay-Z. Yeah. Like he's paying forever for that cheating. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Yep, y'all thought lemonade was gonna be it. Not nah, that nigga gonna pay for the rest of his life. But it's like I I just I just see the two of them saying, Oh, the only people good enough to battle me or the only people good enough to battle each of us would be the people that we're married to. You see what I'm saying? Like I see them doing that. Assholes. Right? <laughs> Assholes. But I would watch it and you know Beyonce would beat Jay-Z down. Down she would beat that ass. What? <laughs> I know y'all are waiting for me to talk about Beyonce and Black is King, but we have no reach there. Hold on, okay? All right, so let's keep it going. But um, seriously, though, shout-outs to Timbaland and Swiss Beats because Versus is an amazing creation, and it's everything for music lovers during this uh, corona crisis. And some other super dope news... Um, y'all see Serena Williams, her two-year-old daughter is the youngest sports owner or part owner of a team like ever in history. And I said, you know what? Let that be a lesson. 
let that be a lesson. You black folks out there, you want to buy your kids the new iPhone. You want to buy them a car. You want to buy them stock. Okay? Don't buy them the new iPhone 12 or iPhone 59. Buy them some fucking Apple stock. Okay? Buy them some Amazon shares. Buy them some Google stock. Do something. Goodness gracious. <laughs> like, that's the way to go. Uh, even remember when George Floyd passed and he was the topic at hand. I read somewhere that I know Mayweather paid for the funeral and, you know, a couple of other celebrities did stuff, you know, to help out the family. But I think it was Barbara Streisand. Why is that the name coming to my mind? But it was some white lady, some white celebrity lady who bought George Floyd's daughter. She bought her shares in Disney. I said, aha, aha. You people be smart, though. Be smart. Okay? It's about fucking ownership. That's what it's about. You must own something. If you can't own it in its entirety, own part of it, especially if it's winning. Okay? So... Shout out to Serena Williams for showing us the way. Okay? Let's be buying some proper uh, gifts for our kids. If you can afford it, I'm just saying. All right? Okay, now. Uh, Speaking of sports, since we're, you know, in Serena Williams land, have y'all seen that Mike Tyson signed some type of fighting contract? Like, he is apparently getting back in the ring. And I said, why? Why? Is this really necessary? Because I don't know about you, but those videos of Mike Tyson uh, boxing or sparring, (laughs) they frighten me. (laughs) Like, for real. That shit scares me. You see how fast he moves? Do you hear the sound of the punch? Do you hear the, the impact? That's what you call a bone crusher. Okay? I don't want to see it. I know that there's talks of a Mike Tyson movie that apparently Jamie Foxx will star in. Like, that should be enough coin. When I saw the flyer or the artwork for <laughs> Jamie Foxx as Mike Tyson, somebody wrote in the comments, ooh, do you think Jamie Foxx can pull off a Mike Tyson role? And somebody responded, Jamie Foxx could play Angelina Jolie if he really wanted to. <laughs> because Jamie Foxx is that. Like he, he can do it all. He really can do it all. But yeah, just give me a movie. I do not want to see these two men beating on each other in a ring in real life. Nobody. No. Like just thinking about it hurts my ribs. Not here for it at all. <laughs> all right, y'all. Before we wrap up this um, segment of Black news and Black excellence, we must pay homage to two great African-American icons and heroes that passed this month of July. 17-term United States Congressman John Lewis a hero, a civil rights icon, passed after a long battle with pancreatic cancer. He was 80 years old. Also, Reverend C.T. Vivian. Yep, another civil rights leader, another civil rights icon. Uh, It's also noted that he was Martin Luther King Jr.'s favorite preacher. Black excellence. 
we salute. Rest in peace. All right, y'all, when you hear the drums, you know what that means. It's time for GTTW, Ghana to the world. Yes, sir. First off, let's start with this young man, Abraham Atta. Mm-hmm. We have not seen him since he starred alongside Idris Elba in Beasts of Donation. Well, I just watched the trailer. <laughs> goosebumps, goosebumps. Just watched the trailer for this new movie that he's going to be in. It's called Tasmanian Devil. Okay. And let me give you a real quick premise. The movie is about this African boy, Nigerian, who, you know, is in the States living with his very religious Nigerian father. He goes to an HBCU, a historically black college or university. Okay. And he decides that he wants to pledge. Right. And it should be, it should be easy because the HBCUs and the fraternities and the sororities represent all that is good about African-American students. You know what I mean? Like they, it, it really does represent all that is good about the black race those fraternities and sororities. It's the best of the best, the cream of the crop, right? And so it, it should be a beautiful uh, uh, merging of these two things, you know, African excellence meets African-American excellence, and it doesn't happen at all. His father, who's super religious, does not want him pledging to any fraternity that is called the Tasmanian Devils. Um, his... his uh, African-American brothers who he's trying to pledge with don't see him as anything else than, you know, this little Jabuki boy from the dark continent. You know, like it's just it's it's a great conflict that a lot of I feel Africans and African-Americans run into when they, you know, try to interact and bridge the gap that slavery put there in the first place. So. I can't wait to see it. I know it is going to trigger. <laughs> it is going to trigger the shit up out of me. Yeah, I know it will. But, you know, these things need to be discussed. They need to be portrayed. So I can't wait to see it. Uh, but Abraham Atta is not the only African in this movie. It looks like a star-studded list. Uh, the screenplay, in fact, seems to be written by an African, Solomon Onita Jr., uh, also starring in the movie alongside Abraham Arikwesi Boche and Intare Guma, uh, an artist or an actor that I love. He's on Lena Waits' The Shy. He's a great African actor who is, you know, blazing his own path here. It's executive produced by Benny Boom and Birdman. There is no date for when it comes out, but I'm let, I'm just I'm just happy that our people are working. So shout outs to Abraham Atta. We salute. All right. Now let's talk about this. Since we're in the arts arena, let's talk about it because I saw it and I was like, I applaud her. I applaud her. Akusia Ijapong. I just saw her or on some talk show where she was basically telling the truth. Akwesi Ajipong found herself up on this TV show talking about stuff that some people feel she shouldn't have, but I'm so glad she fucking did, okay? If you don't know what Gamro is, let me just bring up to speed. Gamro is basically 
um, the royalties organization that is supposed to, you know, make sure that all the drinking spots, the nightclubs, the radio stations are paying royalties to the Ghanaian artists whose music they are making money off of in their establishments, right? So Gamera was responsible for that. They're supposed to get this money and then give it to these artists. And she was on this platform airing them out for chopping the money. She had a list, baby girl. She had a list. Like, they sent us a newsletter. They've been using money for fuel, for this, for traveling expenses, and yada, yada, yada. Like, she had everything. Like, she came with receipts. <laughs> she came with receipts. Yes, she did. And she basically, you know, called out all the Gamro people as well as the musical people. Because I feel like if Gamro doing dirt, you you know good and goddamn well musical is doing dirt with them. Because, like, who's supposed to fight for the artists if not musical? But we already know the problem, problems that exist with musical. So I applaud her. Okay? I love outspoken women. And that's Akusia Jipong is and if you don't know who she is please check yourself my young Ghanaians please Akusha Japong back in the day she was Ghana's Janet Jackson she was the baddest the baddest all right shout out to official Kwame he's a big fan of Akusha Japong and her robotic dance moves yeah yeah <laughs> and some more um Ghanaian news I saw Hmm. It looks like the president says, okay, the numbers might be rising, but we have a good grip on this. So uh, he's trying to restore life back to normal as much as possible. So weddings are being permitted. Gatherings are being permitted of no more than 100 people. Okay. The churches, the religious institutions are super excited because they were being asked to operate at a 25% occupancy. Well, now they said, okay, you can have 100 people per church service. So that means if you set your time well, right, and you manage to have three services <laughs> every Sunday, you get 300 offerings and tithes and building funds coming through. So, hmm, <laughs> I'm not going to speak on it. I'm just happy that if, if y'all are happy, I'm happy. Okay, uh, there have been no more mentions of rushing the school kids to get back out there into the classrooms. And so I am happy. I know that uh, my daughter's old school, for example, they went on break Thursday on Thursday and classes will be online when the new term begins on September 21st. Isn't that, Nkuma, isn't that Founder's Day? That's Nkuma's birthday? But I was like, yes, finally, it has been said. Thank you. Let parents woosah. All in all, Ghana's done pretty well, okay? I've had, you know, some little complaints and critiques along the way, but we've done pretty well. Because, I mean, <laughs> look, look at America. America's a fucking mess. <laughs> look at Colombia. Did y'all see Colombia, yo? Colombia. The drug cartels didn't nobody ask them shit, but they said, Look here, bitch, if you're not gonna wear that mask, we're gonna take your head off. If you're not gonna sanitize or you're not gonna self quarantine, guess what? We're gonna gun you down. The Colombian cartels have been killing people 
who have not been observing the coronavirus lockdown. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is a real story. This is really happening. So I applaud <laughs> GH for not getting crazy and out of control because it could have gone there. People do crazy stuff when there's fear involved. All right. So that brings us to this point. The man of the hour. <laughs> it is Friday, the 31st of July, the end of the most amazing month of the year. Beyonce is giving you Black is King. I have not seen it. The review, I told you the review is coming later, but I have seen enough. How crazy is it that Beyonce, I, I don't recall Beyonce ever having anything leak ever ever but yet somehow Shatawale leaks her shit with Shatawale leaks that's why you can't do nowhere Africans y'all <laughs> y'all play too much <laughs> y'all play too much you can't do nothing with Africans god damn it hey Shatawale has leaks Beyonce has killed all of us she has killed all of us. Fuck it. <laughs> if you thought Shanta was obnoxious and out of control before, bitch, guess what? That was child's play, okay? Because right now, hey, Beyonce put her arm on his shoulder. Nigga, get the fuck out of here. Shantawale is going to eat us for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then spread us like chocolates for desserts. Hey, my God, if you ever had anything to say about Shata. If you ever critiqued him, if you ever did not play his songs 50 million times, you DJs and radio stations, he is coming for you. Because guess what? It has leaked. Oh my goodness. Aren't you happy for him though? Aren't you super duper happy for him? Because guess what? If there's anybody who can lead Ghana to the point of where it's supposed to be musically, like when it comes to world recognition, it will be Big Mouth Shatawali. He is the loud mouth who will get us there, okay? We might be insulted and cussed out along the way, <laughs> but he will get us there because Shata takes no prisoners. And that video looked so good, so good. I do have to say shout outs to Ayat because when I saw Shata on the horse, I immediately thought of Ayat's video for Gouda. Okay, if you haven't seen it, please go check it out. Ayat is one of our up and coming superstars in GH hip hop music, uh, Afrobeat music. And he's just really amazing. But the video was so beautiful. It was It was so beautifully shot, right? But there were some parts and I was like, Hmm, this tree that she's on, it looks like a Ghanaian tree. It looks like an African tree. I was like, what's going on? And so it took me back to year of return. Okay. I'm not, I'm going to leave out names on purpose. Okay. But I was talking to a really good friend of mine, a music person. Right. And we were talking, this is a long time ago. We we're talking about Beyonce and the gifts and how it was for them being a part of it, okay? And the person was like, oh, it was cool, but if you really want to know how it went, ask this person, because that's Beyonce's sweetheart. Like, that's her, that, that's her person. You see what I'm saying? Like, they have a good relationship. And I was like, oh, okay, 
okay, that's super dope. Fast forward to, I see this person the night before a really big concert. I go there to pick up my tickets, you know, and to see my peoples before they get on stage the next day, da 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 And in talking to this person, this person told me, oh, Beyonce's coming into town tomorrow, right? This is in Ghana, year of return. When we had all the celebrities flying into town. And this person who was Beyonce's, like, sweethearts, like, their their buddy buddy tells me that oh Beyonce's coming into town tomorrow night and I'm like say word really and I'm like okay I wonder what she's coming for he's like oh I don't know but she coming you know probably coming to hang out or do whatever so fast forward to uh I think the next couple of nights I was at Afrochella and that was the same night that Afro Nation had Shatewale playing a set right and I said to myself, because we were looking, we were scoping and calling people like, has anybody spotted Beyonce? And we kept getting no, 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 no. And I think it was official Kwame who said, I won't be surprised if Beyonce is here to hop on stage with Shatan so that they can do already. Right? Mind you, months ago, we had already received word that Shatawali had shot the already video with Beyonce. Remember that was the time he went to the States? Yes. He went and shot the video with Beyonce, but nobody said anything about any Beyonce video because apparently for every scene that they shot, Shata had to sign like three, four fucking NDAs. Like she did not want any information, any footage, any photos getting out at all. Right? So... We know this, me and a couple of friends at the old radio station, we know this like months ago. So we're like, okay, she's going to hop on stage with Shata. They're going to do their thing and then they'll drop the video. And none of that happens. Meanwhile, we see Beyonce's mama in Ghana at Afrochella. So there was some Beyonce you know, family members in the country. We're like, where the fuck Beyonce at? Now I'm watching this already video. I'm like, hmm, maybe she did come to Ghana the day that that person said she was flying into Ghana, but she came low key and she really came to work and shoot those scenes. Like, I don't know. I'm just hoping. I'm just putting it out there, you know, because who doesn't love a good conspiracy theory, right? <laughs> like, she was in town, but she made everybody sign NDAs so nobody could say anything. And then she sent her mama here as a distraction so that we would stop looking for her and think, oh, it wasn't Beyonce that was coming. It was Beyonce's mama that was coming. Oh, okay. That's what it was. And we would, you know, kind of lay off searching for her while she was, you know, dancing in the bush and climbing trees with body paint on. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But all I know is Beyonce has signed our death sentence because Shatawale is coming for everybody's fucking necks. GH, <laughs> go watch Black is King. I'll hook up with y'all later. All right. Be well. Be well. <laughs> Love and light, y'all. My team is global, baby. So it doesn't matter where you are on God's green earth. Hit us up, all right? For promotion, advertising, new music releases. If you got relationship questions, I, I give great advice. I'm serious, all right? Drop me an email, 
on fire at thegoldcoastreport.com. That's on fire, O-N-F-Y-E, at thegoldcoastreport.com. You can spell that, right? You good, you good. Or you can hit me up on WhatsApp. My number is 0508-747676. Don't forget, that's a Ghana number, all right? So make sure you put a plus 233 in front of that bitch if you internationally linking us. On Fire, the podcast is brought to you in collaboration with the Gold Coast Report at the Gold Coast Report. Artwork, Matthew Jr. Ade Mensa at Levi Mensa. We do not own rights to some of the music used in this podcast. Thank you.